Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I am joined by Cody Rich of the Rich Outdoors podcast, the Rich Life Academy, and Backcountry Fuel. Cody is one of the OGs in the podcast game and is an all-around successful entrepreneur and hunter. We discuss what it takes to go on your dream hunts and create extra time and money to live a fulfilling life. Topics include getting in the right mindset, side gigs, entrepreneurship, focusing on not trading time for money, investing in your education, and more. 100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. When it comes to optics, I get the same question over and over again. What are the best all-around binoculars? Well, it's tough to find something that works in every condition great, but after using a pair of Maven B1.2 10x42s, I think I found them. They feature an 8x or a 10x option, superior low light performance, tack sharp edge to edge clarity, a generous depth of field, and a silky focus mechanism. All of Maven Optics have a lifetime no fault warranty and hail from the great state of Wyoming. I've been using Maven Optics since I bought my first pair in 2017, and I think you should test them out for yourself. Head over to mavenbuilt.com and use the code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT for a free gift with any full price optics order. For all of those that want a truck bed cover for work or play, Diamondback makes the top of the line heavy duty covers that help you do more with your truck. They're perfect for the truck-owning, avid sportsmen, outdoor enthusiasts, and weekend project warriors. I'm currently using the HD cover that can is capable of holding up to 1,600 pounds on the top. And then I have the Yakima Overhaul HD bars on top, so I can put my rooftop tent on it. When I'm not using my rooftop tent and able to use the trifold design of the Diamondback, I have the Crossbin 8 in there to organize all of my stuff in the back of my truck bed. Diamondback is made right here in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. If you want to check them out, head over to diamondbackcovers.com. If you've wanted that hunting camp tradition that we talk about, that experience, but you don't have a hunting camp of your own, you're welcome to come stay at my hunting camp up here in the Pennsylvania wilds called the Elk Crossing Getaway in the PA wilds. So if you go over to Airbnb, you can check out our three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath 
house that's right in the heart of Pennsylvania elk country. It's only minutes away from a bunch of public land to be able to hunt, hiking trails, outdoor recreation, fishing, all of those things there. The house is completely fully stocked with everything that you need to be able to, to spend a week hunting deer, taking your family up to see the elk, anything like that. So if you head over to Airbnb and search Elk Crossing Getaway in the PA Wilds, you'll find my listing there and you can rent out my house to send us a message and inquiry that you're interested in it and mention that you heard it on the podcast here, then we'll get you 10% off of your first day. On this week's Mountain Buck Monday Story of the Week, brought to you on Tuesday, this story comes from Ryan Elders. And Ryan sent in, he's submitted some uh, Mountain Buck Monday posts in the past coming out of Western North Carolina, and he is a killer in the mountains. So this story Ryan wrote in, This journey started last season when I got a picture of him. I laid in their dirty face with him all last season and tagged out on a different mature buck. So this year, my sole mission was to get a crack at him. I started running multiple cameras in July and never had the first picture of him all the way through November, but knew of one scrape he had frequented the previous year. So I went in early just off the clear cut edge on a secondary ridge and at 830 in the morning, I could hear something to my left. All I saw were tines in the sun, so I picked up my rifle and got turned as he walked into the scrape, but I had no shot. I could only see antlers and his head working the licking limb. He came out of the scrape facing me, still no shot, through the briars, and he froze often like big deer do. He knew something wasn't right, and he turned to leave and gave me one hole to shoot him. I'm on a high that I don't want to come down from. The best part was that I was able to drag him out with my old man. And you guys need to go check out this picture of this deer that Ryan shot. It's over on the East Meets West Hunt Instagram and East Meets West Outdoors Facebook page. You can take a look at it. Just a freaking tank, especially for North Carolina, but really anywhere. This is uh, um, just such an incredible deer, and Ryan just seems to be doing it right every year and getting it done. So congratulations to Ryan. Send in your submissions uh, for Mountain Buck Monday to Bo at eastmeetswesthunt.com or you can just fill out the contact us form at eastmeetswesthunt.com and uh, send it in that way. But I'm, I'm just pumped about uh, that deer. Got me excited. And he's wearing a pretty great hat in the photo. So he's wearing one of the East Meets West Hunt uh, mountain buck hats. So uh, a pretty awesome. He's uh, been a long time listener of the podcast and supporter that way. So happy to hear that from you, Ryan. All right. So in other news, I uh, got out scouting over the weekend and there's never a bad time to get out in the woods and scout, but uh, I'll say the the snowstorm and ice storm that we got Friday night and Friday and or Thursday through Friday night and even into Saturday did not really help matters. Snow is deep. It was kind of difficult to scout. Uh, walk some creek bottoms, um, looking. In, in an area that wasn't uh, necessarily super steep, some wider bottoms, an area that I've loved hunting the rut in the past, checked out some beaver ponds, seeing how they've been dammed up differently. And so there was some good intel gathered, but I went in with my dad 
and uh, definitely we didn't pick up any sheds, um, put on about eight miles and a half a day there of walking, and it was it was uh, tough tough walking there, and uh, didn't didn't pick up any sheds, but overall it was still a good trip, and uh, I'm excited as we come into March here and seeing what's what's coming next, I guess. So that's, that's awesome. Um, I'm really excited about this episode this week, uh, with Cody, because this is something that's, that I'm passionate about. And I, I just, I really, I really feel like if you want to make more money and have the freedom to hunt more, it's possible. And it's up to you to be able to decide that and how you want to take your life down that course. And honestly, hunting has opened up my eyes to this from me wanting to hunt more and hunt more places. It taught me to learn some more about business and everything else and has has really helped me. So I think this conversation is something that hits home for me and I hope that it can help out uh, someone else here. So Cody has a, a course that, that, I had purchased and to learn more about his entrepreneurship journey and how to, you know, help myself out with, with a lot of these things. And it's called the rich life course. And it's, it's pretty cool. And it's, uh, it's super helpful. Uh, there are things in there that it's taken him years to learn. So I'm, I'm excited for that. If you do want to check it out, he did offer out a code. I can't remember if he mentioned it in the podcast or not, but he gave me a code for all of you. If anybody wants to save some money off of the course, um, just use the code East meets West as you do for most things. And, uh, They'll help you out there. But anyways, I hope you that you enjoy this episode with Cody Rich and that everyone has a great rest of your week. All right, we're live. Cody Rich, welcome back to the show. What's up, buddy? How we doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, ready for winter to be done. Ready to go do some, you know, spring things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just been grinding this winter, which I, I'm all for. Like, I'm a huge fan of like work stupid hard in the winter and and I, I say I don't really have winter hobbies, but that's not entirely true. But it's like work stupid hard in the winter and then I can go screw off in the spring and summer and so I'm oh, stoked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw I, I saw one I saw a video and it was like uh a bull in velvet and I was like so stoked to go scouting. I don't know why, but I was like, God, I can't wait till like August. Let me scout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well it, it is funny because I, I'm the same way like I I, I don't love winter, but I like the idea of, I don't feel like I want to be doing something else when I can be working on projects and doing different things. And like, I just feel like I'm just, you know, I I even like, like on Saturdays and stuff of like, just staying, I'm like, Oh, I can get a whole bunch of shit done. Cause like, I, I don't have work during the week and I can just like, grind through it which it can be there's there's a balance there where <laughs> i uh, i definitely don't have with which is even part of this conversation but it's um i i am i am looking forward to uh this the snow melting here and uh, i'm looking forward to get out in the woods and scouting find some sheds so you know what's funny is like i used to i had this conversation last week or whatever week it was i went snowmobile with some buddies and i was like i used to do everything outdoors. And I feel like your audience is probably that way. They're just trying to get outside like all the time, all the time, all the time. And then I had this like epiphany and I was like, you know, if I spend the off season working harder, then I can take more time off in the fall. You know? And I was Mm -hmm. like, I was 
every weekend, you know, maybe leave early on Friday, like always setting trail camps for no reason, like hunting coyotes, shed hunting, all these things. And then it was just like, it dawned on me. I was like, I think I'd rather just work January through March so I can not work in September and October, like Mm -hmm. just like flip flop them. And I get like, not everyone's schedule is that way. Most people have jobs and stuff. And so it's like, (laughs) it's kind of tough for them to just take the month off or month and a half or whatever they want to do. But I'm just like, I've been like, definitely the older I get, the more I lean away from, I don't know. Being an all around. Yeah. Yeah. Being an all around hunter. Yeah. Like I'm just (laughs) like, you know, it's like, I don't know if your high school was this way. There's always like this, this mantra. It was like, you can't be in a, you know, a three sport athlete. Like you got to focus on one, which is not entirely true, but like, I feel like I'm that way with elk cutting and you know, it's like, I can't be a five, five sport athlete when it comes to hunting. I can't be a good shed hunter, a good coyote hunter, a good elk hunter, deer hunter, all these. Like, I just got to focus in and like be super good at this one thing or at least like productive. Yeah. This yeah. One thing. <laughs> you know, that's, I, I felt the same way. Like, that's why I won't, I haven't got into like fly fishing or, and really even I've backed off on like spring turkey hunting because I was like, all right, right, like, so deer is like my focus for the most part. And so like the spring is like the scouting for deer. And then it's like a, t- a little bit of a kind of time off and doing some other things. Right. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's back to that. So like, if I want to be good at it, like if I want to be really good at it, I'm going to have to focus my time on it because I'm not, I, I can't do all of those different things. <laughs> right. And, uh, right. it's, uh, you know, I, I was, I went ice fishing a couple weekends ago and I go like once a year and I'm like, man, this would be cool to like get into, but I, I can't like, I, <laughs> I, you know, it's just, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's for me, I'm, I'm somewhat, I'm probably not as, uh, disciplined in that as you are at this point, but I, I've started the trend that way a little bit. Right. And I, I feel like it's like, maybe it's, a sign of the times, you know, everyone gets complaining that's like, you know, there's no place to hunt. There's too many people hunting all these things. I'm like, yeah, but if I found out if you put in the work, like you can actually get away from people. And that takes a lot more work than the average person is going to put in because like I may go into September 1st with like 10 to 15 spots that I'm going to go, you know, like, and so I, if I have someone in, at the trailhead or like, which I don't even go to trailheads, but like hypothetically, <laughs> someone was parked on this random side, side of the road where I usually go, then I'd be like, Oh, I got another spot, you know? And it's like, I've spent so much time scouting it that I got, I got backups on backups. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. I feel like that's what it takes these days. And like, if you want to be successful, it takes quite a bit of scouting just because season is so short and like it happens so fast and you're like, Oh, it's over. So it's like, I want to know, I got to have all this information built up and like all these new spots and all these other options, you know, and trying to figure it out. So I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad, but I feel like there's plenty of opportunity, but it takes a lot more work than it used to. Yeah. I, I feel like, it, so I was just talking to somebody about this the other day and they're like, yo, do you think it's going to be, you know, with all these resources out there and every, all this information on hunting and doing this, like, do you think it's going to be, um, it's making it a lot more difficult. And that seems to be kind of like a hot topic. And I was like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's just like trends, like, you know, like with like the backpack hunting and that got super popular and cool. Everyone was going deep. And then that opened up another, you know, area mm-hmm. that might, totally. you know, close to the roads or doing whatever. And, and I felt like that, you know, I, I feel like there's just a shift and you just got to kind of, you know, like in business, you know, pivot yeah. and Dude, and that's the thing is like, I mean, business will teach you this too. It's like, and everyone's focused on one thing. There's definitely a void somewhere else. Like this year, 
I saw a lot of people, but I never once, not once did I have someone hunting the same elk I was hunting. And dude, I hunted a lot of really, really great bulls this year. And I, I can't tell you how many times I could see the road from like, I could see the road and a 320 plus bull a lot of times, you know? And it's yeah. like, that's insane that, and there's people driving all over, but they just weren't, you know, they were headed to some trailhead or some, you know, place, or they were just driving around. I don't know. Um, but like, I found that I think people are getting frustrated and maybe this is, maybe we shouldn't even say this, but it's like people are getting frustrated, but they're all doing the same thing. And then they're all half-assing it. And so it's like, you know, I laugh, you know, Mark or Mark Lipsay can go teach him how to e-scout or you can teach him how to e-scout. And I'm like, I know exactly what those people are going to do now. Yeah. Like, they're all going to go do the same thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to go over here where you guys like <laughs> forgot. <laughs> yeah. It, it is so true though. Like it, you know, I'm like, I, I got to the point, like if you're on like, you know, on tag hub or even go hunt or one of those things, like, okay, whatever that says is like, Right. going to be good. Do something different. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, to the point where I stopped using Gohan because I noticed that it was like, it's got amazing UI UX, which means like in the software world, it's like the usability of it. Right. So when someone comes to a platform, they're like, oh, this is so intuitive. Right. Well, if it's intuitive to you, it's intuitive to everyone, which means it's leading you down a path to like, see all the same things. And so I was like, man, I got to step away from this just because I was watching how people, how I was using it, how friends were using it. And I was like, oh, check this out. And my, one of my friends would be like, dude, I saw the same thing. I was like, wait a minute. We're all seeing the same thing. It's training us to see the same thing. So I was like, I got to go back and it's going to be more work, but I got to go back and figure out a different way to like, <laughs> look at the world differently. Right. And like, that's how I, like, that's kind of how I am all the time. It's like, what are people not seeing or what are people not doing? And like, I constantly looking at that, you know, and you know, whether it's like Colorado or, uh, you know, went to Alaska or whatever, it's like, I'm always trying to find what other people aren't seeing or what everyone else is doing. And it's like, if everyone's looking at go hunt, they're all going to go to this type of unit or this unit. And like, there's so many voids, like so many voids in that. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and I think it all comes down to that mindset of, thinking that way not just thinking like oh the woods are so crowded i can't right. you know i can't find elk or i can't find deer whatever it is it, you just you can't think that way and and mm -hmm. like you said there's always voids and it's not like it's not like you look at like a national forest and every square inch of that is covered in people right, right. and obviously the populations are still doing pretty damn good in most places so like there's there's elk, there's deer, there's stuff to be found. It's just. Well, and I think that comes like for me, it just came from experience and I would go like, I don't 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago. So geez, what is this? This is going to age me 14 years ago. I was hunting this spot in Idaho and it got overcrowded, which is ironic. Like 14 years ago, you'd be like, oh, there's no one hunting Idaho. But, <laughs> yeah. I, I, but before that, there was literally no one hunting Idaho. No, so it was, I guess. Yeah. So 14 years ago, I started hunting Idaho, this spot. And over that next four years, I was like, oh, this is blown out you know, <laughs> over, you know, and this, so this was 10 years ago, but then I was like, I was still, I was getting frustrated with the people, but then I was like, man, these people just don't know what they're doing. Like the elk are still here. And I knew that area well enough to know that they're still here. And that was a really good lesson for me because now I could take that and be like, I guarantee there's some local local that knows a secret and he's killing bulls every single year. And so I've just taken that mindset of like, where would the local guy hunt? And I'll, you know, like, that's where I want to try to figure out. And 
nine times out of 10, there's still elk in those spots, right? Or like some local no a spot and, and they get pushed around a little bit. And, you know, maybe your grandpa killed something here, but now, you know, and there's no one there now, but at the end of the day, like every unit is still got those gems, you know, and I've just been able, fortunate enough to find them because I just keep looking and looking and looking, you know, and I think and if this goes to e-scouting and scouting all summer, we talked about it. Like when I'm scouting in the summer, I'm literally looking for like, what is everyone else going to do? Because nine times out of 10, you're going to look at it and be like, oh, this is the great spot. Well, guess what? If you think it's the great spot and it appears like it checks all the boxes, so does everyone else, you know, like they've already yeah. figured that out. And, and so you're always trying to like find like, okay, if this is the spot and maybe the elk are here today, but like, what's going to happen when they come in? Right. And I'm like, okay, how are the elk going to move or deer going to move? Like, where are they going to get pushed to? Uh, and all these things, and you're just trying to like think outside of the box and, and, and think two steps ahead. It's like, you ever heard the term like playing chess, not checkers, like you always be playing chess, not checkers. It's like, you're looking two moves ahead. And so many people will like e-scout and be like, this is the perfect thing. And then they like go scout and they're like, yep, there's elk here. And then opening day, there's 20 people there. It's like, yeah, you were playing checkers, not chess. Like you got to think two moves ahead. Like where do those all go? You know, where's the little pocket or whatever. And the upside of having 20 people in an area is like, they're all going to get frustrated, you know, and they're not going to like try very hard. <laughs> so there's like, there's pros and cons to it. Yeah. I, yeah, it is. It is, it is interesting. And like you said, when you think of it from that mindset, it's uh, you can have, you know, the people, the people that have been successful and continue to be su- successful there, there's not like they're doing the exact same thing forever. Like they, they're obviously right. having to, there's not like it, they're just like, um, they're immune to the the pressure or anything. They're just figuring out different ways to be able to, yeah. to do that. So it's, I don't know. And the it's, greatest skill you can have, like as a hunter, is not like being able to stock deer. It's not, you know, whether I, like from your world, it's like, you know, there's a term in business it's like a Warren Buffett term of like, it doesn't really matter how hard you're rowing. It matters which boat you're in. And I think the same is true is like, you could all be great hunters, but like the spot you choose is going to make or break the difference. Right. And you have to be able to find those spots over and over because they change. In the old days, we used to have honey holes. Honey holes are a thing of the past, right? Like that's fine. It was just an era where like I used to, I killed four bucks all through high school. Cool. Four awesome bucks out of the same honey hole. Mm-hmm. And like, then all of a sudden it was not. And like that would like change my world. And I was like, dang it. You know, now this is hard, but like it teaches you a lesson that you always have to be finding the next honey hole and you can't get romantic about the last one. You got to just keep moving on. And so if you want to skill, like being able to find that new honey hole every single year, like that's the skill you need to learn. Right. Yeah. Like, and getting away from people, which, you know, there's nuance in that. Like, you don't think you really have to get away from people so you can just hunt around them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. And, and no, that kind of, kind of leads in a little bit to uh, what I wanted to talk to you about, you know, here today is like, so I recently, I guess it was a couple months ago now I had, you had put out this, um, I guess you'd put out an email or something about that. You were going to be starting this, this online course, uh, about how, you know, basically how to make extra money to be able to go on hunts. And I've known you now for a few years and, and I've watched you for like, I've, I've watched you from 
from the outskirts looking like from uh, a business standpoint and been like, you know, like, man, I, I love watching his entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial spirit and like the way that you've built businesses and doing all this stuff. I'm like, and obviously he's, he's got some things figured out and I was interested in, in checking it out. And, and so I spent some, I guess the better part of a month, um, going through some classes at night with you and, and a bunch of other, you know, guys that were involved on that. And, and it was, it was super impactful, uh, for me and, you know, just kind of kept, uh, I don't know if didn't, it didn't light the fire because the fire was lit. It just kept stoking it, I guess, to um, continue down that path and realizing that really there's no um, – whatever – your mind is your limiting factor when it comes to what you can do and what you're able to do. And for me, in, in one of your – like kind of your tagline and your your sales page on, on your website talks about, um, you know, hearing people say that, you know, the the top two reasons basically why they don't go hunt a certain place or do something is time and money. And I remember the first time that I went out West and I wrote an article on it. The first article I ever wrote, um, that got published and that's, and people like, Oh man, I wish I had the time you did. I wish I had the money you did. And that really, you know, kind of stuck (laughs) with me. Cause I'm like, it's not, not exactly (laughs) what you think. So that that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about a little bit is, you know, that idea and, and, and how, what made you, um, kind of go down this path of, um, entrepreneurship and, and wanting to go that route. And cause I know, I know you love to hunt. So it kind of, kind of give me a little bit of a, uh, background on your, yourself there and your thought process. Yeah. It's funny. Cause, um, dude, I still, I always giggle about this. And and when I got back from Alaska, I, I did a DIY caribou hunt that cost me like, it was less than two grand for sure. And everyone's like, Oh, dream trip someday. I'm like someday. Like that's not even, that's not even that big. Like that's not expensive. It's not that hard. Like it's 10 days of your life. Uh, and I, I giggle and I, it almost makes me sad. And this is a big reason I want to do this entrepreneur thing is like, I feel like the industry slash community is they're, they're very heavy on like, Oh, that's I'll never do that. You know, like even I think elk hunting is kind of getting there, but for a long time people were like, Oh, I'll never, you know, it's a dream trip someday. I'll be able to do that. You're like, Oh, that's silly. Like you can just do it. Um, the resources are there. I think there was a time and an era when going on an elk hunt meant going on a guided hunt because you didn't have a clue. Right. But now you could st- you could figure this out in sub one year. You could take a couple courses and be like, okay, I, I'm feel pretty confident. And you could go, maybe you don't kill your first time, but you could go two or three years in a row for the same price as it was going to take you for an outfitted hunt. And by the way, like the experiences of that are going to be worth far more than your trophy. Um, and so like this is kind of like this is kind of my mindset on it. And I don't know where it came from because it's been like that since I was a kid of like, I, no one could tell me, no, like I didn't have that in my head. I was just like, oh yeah, that's what we do. Like, okay. Like, oh, I need money for that. Okay. I'll just figure out how to make money. There's a blessing and a curse in that, but I've always kind of been like, what do I want to go do? Okay. How do I figure out the money for that? And I'm kind of big on like, I, I became an entrepreneur so I could take time off. Like the, and I was always in this mindset of like, I knew skiers took a hundred days a year. So I was like, Oh, I'll just become an entrepreneur. And then I just take a hundred days a year and go hunting. Right. That was just how I solved the problem. And I struggled, worked my way through like tooth and nail to figure out how to do that. And now it's like, okay, now that I see that I want to help people. And I think a good way to do that, like, I think a good way for most people is to start with like a side hustle, right? It's like, okay, 
it's allocated money. And I still do this today. Like I have two or three businesses and I still to this day side hustle money for my hunting account because it's easier to allocate in my head yeah. and I don't feel like I'm wasting money. Because the one thing is an entrepreneur, you feel really guilty taking money out of your business. You're like, ah, you know, like this could probably be better to use somewhere else. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's hard for me to justify or allocate that money to say like, okay, I'm going to go on a moose hunt or a elk hunt or whatever um, on this hunt. But if I side hustle that money, it's like it's allocated in my brain as a different wallet, right? Like you have your wallet for your business, your wallet for your personal, and then you're like, here's my hunting budget. And I think I think this is also probably the best way to like broach this topic with your significant other because you're like, nope, separate count, yeah, separate money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, that's kind of how I've always been. Is like I'm gonna like do this side hustle thing, and then that money I'll use for this thing there's like this way bigger picture to that is like, you should start go doing the things because man, life is short. And like the experiences you're going to gain from going on a DIY caribou hunt in Alaska are tenfold. What buying a new pickup is or buying an next, I don't know, whatever, you know, a pair of tennis shoes or you know, even a pair of work boots these days. So like all these things, like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of like going and doing experiences. Like that's, impacted my life, but it's also pushed me to being a better entrepreneur to figuring out how to make money. And like, back to this whole thing is like, I don't like where the world is of like, Oh, I'll never be able to afford that. I'm like, why this is freaking America, dude. Like you can do whatever you want. And like, you can just go make money. You know, the, it, the possibilities are endless. And, and I think a lot of people are limited by that. And you know, like when I was growing up, like I'm just a dumb farm kid. And so I was a dumb farm kid who was supposed to take over the farm. And I was like, I didn't want to do that, but I thought being a firefighter would let me go hunting more. So I was like, okay, I'll just do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, but those were the only two things that I knew to do. Like I didn't, I didn't know, like it wasn't even a job or a career day, like it, where I was from. So like, I was like, what are the, you know, you just don't know what the possibilities are. And so like, as you broaden in the world, you're like, oh man, there are so many ways. And that's kind of what I want to help people do is like, Hey, there's a whole bunch of ways you can make money. There's a whole bunch of ways you can side hustle. You can change your career. You can pivot your business. Like the options are endless. Right. And I think that's what most people say. I don't know what your biggest takeaway out of the course was. It was like, holy shit. I realized like I was only viewing like 10% of the world. Like the opportunities are endless and they're really not that hard. Right. You know, it's like just a little bit more effort and you're like, you're in this whole another stratosphere of concepts, ideas, you know, plans or whatever. And so that was kind of like the long winded way of saying like, I'm a huge fan of going and doing your dreams. Yeah. And I think you should just go figure out how to make money to do it. <laughs> yeah. And then no, no, it's when you said about like the takeaway with the course, one of the things that sticks in my head is it's a very specific part of it, but I remember I brought to you guys like, okay, I'm like, Oh, I have this idea for a product and, but I, I have no idea how to make a product. And you guys like broke it down in like five minutes so quick and like, Oh, you do this and you, you do that. And, and you know, you test it out here and you do minimum viable product and all these things are thrown at me. I'm like, dang, like, okay, there's, there's ways out there to do things that aren't as hard as I've sat here for the last, you know, year, year and a half being <laughs> like, man, I wish I could know how to do that. I wish, you know, and like even myself that I feel like I have a pretty good mindset on things still trap myself into this. Like, I don't, I can't do that because I don't have experience in it and right. realizing that the information's all out there to be able to do so. And, and, you know, one of the, the other things that I feel like people say to me specifically, cause I'm not married and I don't have kids is that like, Oh, I don't have that time to be able to dedicate to something. And there's so many different ways to be able to 
make money without a ton of time. And it sounds right. like a trick. Like it does. It's a trick. But it, right. but but there's, you know, without going too deep like right now on it, but like it's there's there's so many different ways and possibilities of that and and you don't have to like one of the things that that I've learned from doing it myself is you don't necessarily have to burn the ship straight off the bat and like quit your job and leave your family wondering if you're going to have money right off the bat. Now Cody might do that, but like, (laughs) but like, you know, you don't have to necessarily do that to make some extra money to do that. Say you, you you know, say you wanted to, to go on a a caribou hunt now. I mean, even two years after I've done it, it's jumped up $2,000 more uh, to be able to do so. But you know, say $7,000 to be able to do that. Yeah. $7,000 isn't something to blink an eye at, but at the same time, it's really not that hard when you learn the skills to be able to, to do that. Right. And it's crazy. Like when you like, man, I just don't think it's that hard to make $10,000 a year on a side hustle. Like those are super easy to do. And like, realistically, like, even if you like your job, you like the security, you're like, man, I, I, I there's a lot of people out there that like, I'm just not going to change. Like life's life settled where it's settled. I just want more money or more time to go hunting. And like, yeah, you could create $10,000 a year, like pretty easily. That was like, that's your hunting budget. And like, now what do you get to go do? Like, maybe you go, hell, you go on a sheep hunt every other year, or you could go like, Hey, I'm going to go on a paid caribou hunt and stay in some fancy lodge or whatever like that you know there's like the options are endless and you know i think uh like you said when you, when you expand your brain you're like okay what are the what options are out there and then you just kind of keep pushing yourself I, i'm a huge fan of that and back to the time thing it's like uh i i set this thing in my head that i had to leave september when we talk a lot about this in the course of like the no work september challenge that was my challenge and i and i don't it could be november it could be october whatever but like I set this thing in my head that I had to leave September one. And this was years ago. And I was like, okay, this is going to force me to get everything in line. And I, I feel like these kind of challenges or whatever are really good for you as an entrepreneur to be like, it's so easy to be a firefighter. And that's when I transitioned from being a firefighter in my company to be like, okay, I need to start working on my business so I can leave. Cause like September one, I'm not allowed to work and I'm gonna have to leave for a month. And since then, like it's, it didn't work the first couple of times, right? I was still answering emails and stuff, but like it, it forces you to stretch that muscle and kind of grow as a person. And that, I'm huge about that. I was like, okay, how am I going to leave every year? Like, what do I got to do to be ready to go September one? And that's why I know work September challenge is like, I have to have a really well-run company in order to do that. Because like, it's easy as like, I get it. Like I was a workaholic. Like I could do everything. Like it's gotta be me, whatever. And that actually forces really bad habits as an entrepreneur. Like it's not growing as an entrepreneur. You're just growing as a hard worker, which is fine in its own right. But like, you got to stretch that and become a better, like, how did I get to the next level? I got to the next level by forcing myself not to work by forcing myself to go hunting, right? Like going hunting made me a better hunter. Cause I was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> this yeah. thing's got to run on its own <laughs> or there's going to be problems. Right. And so like, I always, I like this, like no work September challenge of like, how are you going to push yourself to take a month off? Yeah. And and I think, I think that's such a, an important part is like setting that goal out there and like figuring out then, you know, how, how to get there. And it's not going to be like in one giant step, like you just leap and you get right. there. Like, it's just like consistently doing things that work you towards that direction. And, and one of the things that, that, you know, I, another thing I learned a lot from the course is like, I felt like for me, 
I still, I still have this problem, but I'm getting better at it. It's like the workaholic standpoint of it. Like if I'm not, if I'm, if I sit down to turn on the TV or do something, I feel guilty or if I like sleep right. in, like I feel like I get antsy. Like I feel like I should be doing something. And I created that monster. I, I'm not going to like, I created that. But what I've learned is like from different things, like, um, you know, a certain strategy that, that we talked about in the, in the course is like, you know, batching tasks and like, okay, like mm. for like one day I'm going to do a bunch of these things. Like for me, like I'm going to record a bunch of podcasts, you know, in this week or since I, you know, since I do have my day job during the day, but like, all right, this week I might do a bunch of podcasts and I have enough for the next month, month and a half that I can go through and I'm, I'm going to do all the editing and this stuff on this day or whatever. And then that, instead of like just dragging it out over time, that was a strategy for me that worked for other people might be, you know, maybe it is a set time, you know, that, mm-hmm. that you need to do it, but there's, there's different ways to, um, I, I guess what I'm saying is find, find that time and utilize it for the best that it's that you're able to and and do that and i i think that uh, again is going back to that mindset of people thinking that they don't have the time and you're already losing when you think when you think that yeah. way and it just might take nobody's situations the same and you can't you know what cody does isn't necessarily going to work for me and and what works for me might not work for you and it's it's finding those those things and understanding what your life situation is to be able to to you know you know move off of that and, and you know you know one of the one of the biggest mistakes i see is people think that you know they have the job and they're like i just want to be an entrepreneur so i have have more time more freedom and i always say like that's a fallacy that you're about to run head into because at the end of the day if you can't create time in your day to day like it's time management skills. And that's a, that's a personal skill, right? Like that's not going to just magically get better when you become an entrepreneur and you have your own job, because guess what? There's just even more fires. And so like, I, I do, that's a skill you have to work on, whether you're an employee and you work for someone else. And I get that you can't just all of a sudden start taking September's off if you're an employee, but that's a skill you can slowly start to work on, even as an on, on uh, as an employee that does a side hustle, right? Like your time management. Like if people think they don't have time for a side hustle, like you don't have time to be an entrepreneur, and that's not the the end all be all for freedom. But have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others available at all times? Well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%. And if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. CVA has been America's number one selling muzzleloader brand for over a decade. Hunting with a muzzleloader opens up a ton of hunting opportunities across the U.S., and I've been using the Acura series. But they don't only make badass muzzleloaders. Their line of centerfire rifles are great quality and not terrible on the wallet. The Cascade short barrel is ideal for tight quarters, deer drives, and quick shots in the big woods. 
You can check out their line of muzzleloaders, rifles, and accessories for every season and every range at bpioutdoors.com slash CVA. If you use the code EASTMEETSWEST10, you'll get 10% off of all CVA products, which includes rifles, muzzleloaders, and accessories. Once you develop that skill and you start working at it and becoming better and better, then you can get better. And as you become an entrepreneur, like that gives you a lot more freedom. So there is freedom in it, but like there's so many people that just think, oh, I will start my own business. And and the reality is they create a job because they're stuck in that because they didn't create the discipline first. They didn't create like the skill set to be a disciplined person about time management, right? And a lot of that stems from identity. I was the same way. Like I would grew up on a farm and like, if you didn't work your face off, like you were POS, right? So like I had that same for a long time, a lot of years, I overworked, whatever. I took so much pride in being a hard worker that it was super hard for me to let go and transition. And it was like, it, it still to this day, I still like, if I'm not the first one up and the last one to bed, like I still have guilt, right? I still have those demons. But at the end of the day, it's like, do you want to you want to be the hardest worker that never did anything in life? Or do you want to be the smartest worker that did both? Right. So like, I, I still feel like, like the next level of being a hard worker is like, how do you work smarter and harder? And then it's like, how do you transition to the right ideas? And I, that's a lot about what, it, you know, we went through in the course is like how to pivot your idea. Like you can be the hardest worker in the room. That's fine. But eventually you have to also be a smart enough person to figure out how to build systems that are going to give you freedom. I just promise you that when you're 70, 80 years old and you look back and you're like, cool, I was the hardest worker in a mine shaft for, you know, 60 years, or did I work out of that phase? Like, and I think it's important to be a hard worker. Like I'm going to teach my kids to be hard workers. And I, I think that's what your twenties are for, but then your thirties are like, okay, how do we get smarter about this and transition into like this time management to where I can go do the things I want to do. Right. Um, there's, there's upsides to both. Like I'm definitely not promoting like, Oh, just create this thing and you can relax and live carefree. Like that doesn't exist. Like passive income is kind of a joke, like a lot of those things, but that doesn't say that like time management, building skills and growing as an entrepreneur, as a person, like, I don't care if you're not even an entrepreneur, like growing as a person to manage your time better. Like that's just a great life skill. Right. And I, I don't look down on, I think there are people that like, Oh, you know, like I'm a hard worker and, and that's their identity. Like for me, I just had to grow out of the identity into the next identity and be like, okay, like here's all the things I want to accomplish in order to do that. I got to develop my own skills and grow as a person to be able to go hunting a hundred days a year and, and go do all these cool things. Right. Like I've just never looked at it and been like, Oh, I'll never get to do that. Like I, I Prom, like this sounds like a bold statement, but like I'll, I'll probably, I don't even, I can't even say it completely. I'll probably have a sheep slam someday. And I'm like, that's like, seems out outrageous. And maybe there's people that don't want to spend the money on that. To me, it's like, it's almost like, okay, it's a test as my entrepreneur. Can I get to where I can blow that kind of money? Like, okay, how do I get to there? And it's not going to happen anytime soon. Trust me. But like, eventually I want to get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm a good enough entrepreneur. I've built out the time. You know, I've done the thing where I've gotten to elk hunt for 30 days every year. Like I did that. And now it's like, okay, what's next? I keep growing as a person, as an entrepreneur. And if that's not your cup of tea, that's fine. Like, but you know, I want to go like for the next five years, I'll probably go to Alaska every single year. And I was like, okay, that was just a goal I set. I was like, okay, I'm going to do that now. Yeah. That's cool about hunting is like, it takes us on a bunch of different journeys and a bunch of different things. And we, you know, get to go explore new places that we probably wouldn't and all these things. So I don't know. That's a huge piece of it for me. You know, and I, I feel like, like you're saying about hunting being the journey of like, 
like being, I think it's that way for a lot of us. Like for me, I mean, that was a lot of the reason why I started East meets West and stuff was, and was, well, I wanted to learn more about hunting and everything. And then I was like, okay, I'm learning how to make income from this and be able to fund my hunts and to be able to do that and be able, and there's so many, there's so many different things that came from that. And, you know, now, you know, I never thought I'd be able to hunt in Alaska, you know, and I went, you know, I went in 2020 and I was looking at this week, I'm going to be booking one for 2023 and 2024 to be going back there. And I'm like, man, I would have never thought that I'd be able to do that. And that's not saying like, I'm just like, I'm rich and I got all these things, but (laughs) I, by me saying, I'm going to do that. Like now I'm, I, I can put the plans in place to make sure I have the the cash flow to be able to do that and, and be able to work towards it. And I just, and, and to your point, like there's, there is people that are just, are plenty happy with like, with, you know, being a block layer, doing something where you're doing hard work all the time. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But there's also a lot of us that need to be honest with ourselves that that's not <laughs> what we want. And that's, you know, we're not happy with that. We want to create more time or we want to be able to do this or that. And, and well, I, a, good, I, a good case study that Bo is like, if you went back five years or 10 years, was your identity of yourself exactly what it is today? No. No, like what you prided yourself on and like who you wanted to be, right? That was different. And like, that's just like how we grow, right? And like, I always think about it as like the future me, what's future me going to want, right? Which is like, that's a giant gamble at best. But like, at the end of the day, we're like, I was like, I can look back at 25, 20 year old me and be like, man, that kid didn't know shit. 25 year old me, that kid didn't know shit. Like, I could go through the list, dude, and be like, oh yeah. Like there was a time where I was like, elk hunting is everything. I don't care about anything else. All I want to do is elk hunt. Right. And like still somewhat that, but like, I'm like, okay, what's, what's the next thing? You know, maybe someday we'll be, we'll be so bored in life. We'll have to pick up fly fishing, but who knows? (laughs) 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 But you know, and and I think another thing that like an exercise that we had done in, in the course that was like, okay, this was one of those things for me that you have to really like you have to think about yourself and what you actually want. Cause there's so many times like we either think we want something for a certain reason, but like we did the Ikigai, guy and as we we're going through and figuring out, you know, what you love and like, we were talking about business ideas for a lot of it, but you know, what you love, what the world needs and what makes money. And then kind of going through the, um, what you're good at. And like, when you start thinking about those things and then thinking about what you want and writing that stuff down, like what you actually want out of it, it was, uh, it, it was, it kind of, even though, you know, it opened up my own eyes to dig deep into myself and understanding what actually I wanted and being honest right. with it to be able to build out your own, your own plan for that. Did it change your plans or at least like, I think for a lot of people, it concretes them, yeah. but for some, like it kind of expands them. It, I'd say for me, it expanded it. Like I, I felt like I was on the right path if that made sense. But there was, there was things that was like. Maybe I was make maybe I was taking this like this you know four wheeler trail to go up over this mountain when I could have hopped on the the nicer dirt road off to the side and went down right. it where I was getting to the same point but I was making it harder on myself on certain things and and 
it's that for a lot of people that might not make sense, but for me it did. Like I, I, I learned, you know, you kept challenging, you know, about, uh, for a lot of things, not trading that time for money and tasks that were associated with it. And again, that's being honest with yourself, depending on where you're at in life, you know, when you have a family and stuff and you have a job and everything like, okay, I need to, I need to think if I want to have a side to hustle, or maybe I want to be an entrepreneur thinking of ways to create that time. And a lot of, um, jobs or, or businesses might not fit that avenue. And that that was the eye opener for me. And now like anytime, like I'm looking at doing extra work or doing stuff, I'm like thinking of it from that standpoint, like, okay, I already got a ton of shit on my plate. I can't have (laughs) something that's going to add a lot of time to that for, to create, you know, some more money, but what am I actually gaining? And that, that's like, you know, we try to, I try to move away from trading time for money. It's not always a bad thing. Like there's times to do it, right? There's times to just buckle down and do the hard work. That doesn't get talked about enough. But at the end of the day, like there's a lot of decisions that we make, you know, and we, you and I had talked about this before, but it's like, there's a lot of decisions we make that seem good at the time, but it's just trading time for money. Yeah. You know, maybe it's a really good ROI, but it's like still trading time for money. And you, if you keep stacking those things that trade time for money, you run out of time, <laughs> you know, and like, you're like, oh, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. And it's like, you have to like, and maybe there's a point where you would do some of those, but then how do we unstack the things where we're like trading time for money? And how do we add on, even if it's better ROI of time for money, like maybe, you know, this thing and you really pencil it out makes you know, like 10, $20 an hour. And this thing makes, you know, a hundred dollars an hour. It's like, okay, let's do more of those things and less of these things. And so it's like, you just kind of like slowly pivoting. And I think it's easy for young entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. I think this just comes from not having a lot of opportunities to saying yes to every opportunity. And that's good at a certain point in your life, but there comes a time where I promise you the best decisions I can make are saying no. Like it's what I say no to that makes me successful far more than like what I say yes to. And like, that was like a pivotal point for me. It's like, man, I really have to say no to some things in order to get where I want to go. And I just have to like, okay, this is really hard. Seems like a great idea. And maybe it makes a lot of money, but like at the end of the day, it's just trading time for money. And I want to move away from more and more of those as I, you know, mature as an entrepreneur. This sounds like I know what I'm talking about. I I don't know if I do or not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I I think what was, and again, that what I thought was cool about like being, you know, part of your course and thinking there, like, you talked about as you, you're talking about now, like where you screwed up and where, right. you know, and you learned, you didn't learn this, you know, you learned a lot of it from like learning from other people and mentors and books, but you learned a lot of it from just completely just fucking it up. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and sorry, Cody, I didn't mean to hurt your ego there, but uh, <laughs> no, but like, it, it's, you know, that's, that's how, how you get to a point right. where you are learning those things. And, and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think anybody has it completely figured out. Like everybody's always learning and adapting. It's just like starting to think down that path. If that's what you really want, like understanding what you want and realizing that you aren't capped on that and you're going to, you're going to screw up along the way. And, and yeah, my biggest like advice to anyone going down this rabbit hole, whether it's a side hustle or entrepreneurship is when, start first off, you have to start doing something. Cause that's where most people get hung up and never, never go any farther. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to learn from your mistakes. 
it's best if you can learn from other people's mistakes <laughs> and, and you just keep tweaking along the way. And like, you have to check your ego at the door and maybe even check your identity at the door. Because I think that's the one of where people get hung up a lot is like, yes, you could call it checking your ego, but it's checking your identity at the door and saying like, do I want to grow as a person or is this who I am forever? Like if that's who you want to be forever. That's fine. Not me. It's not for me. Like I want to keep growing. I want to keep expanding as a person, as a, you know, as a human. And I think that like people like us who grew up, like we did, like, like we have pretty fixed identities, you know, like we're, we're not into growing as people. Like that's not what our parents did. It's not what our grandparents did, but it's like, okay, what if, right? Like what if just hypothetically, we just keep moving forward in that direction. And, and, and this is what happens is like, I get to go on all these cool hunts. Like if I'm like, it's the, the rocking chair test, right? Like if I'm 70 and I look back, what do I want to look back on? Like all these cool adventures I went on and all these cool hunts I did. And then eventually took my kids on and did all these things. And like that, that's, that's where my rocking chair sits. Like, I don't really want to have a fixed identity from the time I was 25 and say like, Oh yeah, maybe, you know, maybe some people were like, Oh, I worked really hard and that was my life, you know? And that's fine. That's, that's, that's what you are. But just to have that really hard conversation about your 75 year old self, 80 year old self, whatever that rocking chair test of like, Hey, what? What's going to be important then? And like, that's one thing I think I've been fortunate enough to do is like, look at my future self and be like, okay, what is someone doing that's in that position? And, you know, like I did that when I was, uh, when I was going to be a firefighter and I was like, I looked at a lot of people who were, you know, at the end of that career, at the tail end of that career. And I was like, would I be happy there? Are they happy there? Or like, what are they not happy with? Like, I knew well enough to know that like, I'm not a special snowflake. I'll probably be in the same boat, right? Like I'll, we're just humans. So I'll be there when I'm 40. Is that what I want? And I just decided, no, like there's probably a better way. So I always continue to do that. I'm like, okay, what's my 75 year old self think about this? Like, where's he want to be? Like, you know, I'm looking at it as like, okay, how do I take my kid on all these adventures and go do cool things? Like, you know, I'm going to go do them. And then by the time he is able, like, we're just going to do all kinds of fun hunts, right? Like that's, that's my goal. That's where I want to be. And that's kind of like what I want to work towards. So to me, I knew I had to grow as an entrepreneur and not just be like the guy who outworked everyone. Yeah. And I mean, and you can see it like anybody that's, and I didn't even, I apologize at the beginning of the podcast. I didn't even mention, you know, well, Cody has the Rich Outdoors podcast and I didn't really <laughs> introduce you there, but uh, Cody's been around one of the original podcasters, I guess, in the hunting space. And uh, he was the original mustache podcaster. And now he he has like, he has a goatee and doesn't have the mustache anymore. So his identity has changed. My identity, but, I had to, I think it's coming back, dude. I'm bringing back the rut stash. Are so. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. There we go. <laughs> yeah. But like, and, and even like, if you look at things like, you know, the journey of like yourself, like with, even with your podcast, like what has started out as to where you're at now and like, and, and you, you know, you've shifted a lot of your focus. I mean, you're still doing a ton of, uh, great hunting and stuff, but you're also went into stuff that you like now with entrepreneurship and talking about those things. And I was just listening to your podcast about Bitcoin the other day. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, which I still well, don't dude, that's, a, that's a, that's a great <laughs> point. Like, and I was caught in this, my own bubble. Like I had to have a come to Jesus about like who I, like what I was and what I wasn't. Right. So like I started a hunting podcast just to kind of figure out what was next. And this was 2015. And I did the hunting podcast. Like I was doing the hunting podcast and that's whatever I built this audience around. Right. But then I was like, 
I wanted to grow. I wanted to expand. And I was like, my audience isn't going to want that. Right. And I was like, it was really hard. I was like, okay, am I doing this for my audience? Or am I doing this for me? Like, wait a minute. Like I could just keep doing the same thing. Right. So then it's like, I'm going to change. And then everyone's like, Oh, you know, how are downloads? How are this? How is that? And I was like, why does that matter? Like, do I want to like, just get as many downloads as I can? Is that the goal? Is that the, that the trophy at the end of the, I'm like, no, it's not like, I want to grow. I want to interview different people. I want to like, I utilize the podcast to grow as a person. The downloads are like, that's a vanity metric that doesn't really matter at the end of that. Right. Like, and you know, so I'm like, why does that matter? And so like, I just stopped looking at them and started interviewing everyone I wanted to interview. And there's like definitely a transition period where like, obviously my audience, like there was some that were like, Oh, I only wanted hunting content, but there were some that were like, Oh, I love this new content. Right. And so like now it just starting to grow the other way. And I was like, you could be stuck forever saying like, I'm worried about this metric of like, am I going to lose downloads? I'm like, does that pass the wheel, the uh, rocking chair test? No, like absolutely not. Right. Yeah. Are you going to do the same thing forever just because that's what your audience wanted? And like, there's a lot of people that struggle with that, right? Like how do you grow and how do you evolve? How do you shift? Uh, I, I don't know if that's the right. I mean, I do. I think that's the right framework to think about is like, where do you want to be at the end of the road? And you have to make pivots. You have to go backwards. Like I had to take the podcast backwards to go forwards. Yeah. And yeah, no, I think, I think that's, I think that's, uh, it's really cool to see that you did that, you know, like for me that I, I love, I love hunting podcasts. Obviously I have one, but like at the same time, I don't listen to a ton of them just because I do one all the time. And, and I, and like, and then I heard that and I was like, man, like this is, this is sweet. When you started talking, you mixed it in, you know, nicely and had like a mixture of both of them and they related. I'm like, man, like I'm looking at Cody and I'm like, man, this is a lot of the stuff I can relate to. And this is, and, and there's probably a lot of people out there, obviously you're, you probably wouldn't have podcasts if there's nobody listening, but like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so like there's, you know, we're staying true to yourself and what you want. Like you're talking about that. I, I think that's so cool, like, or important looking at your end goal and, and what, what you want or what you want to look back on and, and right. be able to see. And, and I'm just not a fan of like the mindset of I'm going to, I'm going to work really hard right now so I can enjoy retirement. Like, most likely my knees are going to be shot things like i'm just not i i don't know i just don't want that like I, do you think I, you'll I, ever stop though like you like i don't i don't plan on ever stopping but like yeah i don't know i i don't know like i i think like when i when i got out of high school and i remember going to the guidance counselor and they're talking you know what college are you gonna go to i went to college with no idea what i was gonna go for i went undecided because that's what you're supposed to do and like you know as i'm going through i'm like okay all right, this job is going to get me money enough so that I can retire at 62. And then, like, and I'm like, man, that is such a shitty way of thinking about it. You ever, <laughs> that's like, so true. It, and, like, that is so, that is such the regular thing that's, you know, being told. And, man, it's just, it's so difficult. And I've just learned, like, I've watched people, um, friends of mine, like, um, I don't want to, I'm not going to say his name on here, but like a good friend of mine that I had met through hunting, hunting and, and watching him is like work super hard and in, in a, in a trade that he did not go to college for and just like literally built himself up and made money. And then he started buying 
property and he started doing this other stuff. And I'm like, that fucking guy is so much more, he's in such a better place. than a lot of these people that had, you know, that have went to college and went and worked in corporate America. And again, I'm not, I'm not talking shit on anybody that does that, but like for me and what my goals were, I'm like, he was, was, you know, I look up to those type of people and then someone else I was just talking to on Instagram the other day that, that, um, that I was at an elk shape camp with and he was talking about all, you know, he had got his, you know, he was working in a trade and then he went and, and started buying things on the side and opened up all this financial freedom and stuff for him. And, and I was like, that is, that's awesome. And that's what's so cool about us living in America that we really have endless possibilities if you want to want to do it and, and to be able to go hunting or whatever, whatever that might be. You know, it's like, <clears throat> when I think about when I like ran through my own Ikigai, which was, um, well, I'm shooting a new bow this year and I am pumped after playing around with the buddies Hoyt RX eight, the smile on my face made the decision for me. The first thing I noticed with the new Hoyts were their extremely smooth draw cycles and the ability to adjust the back wall to make it rock solid like I prefer. I outfitted my own RX-8 with the inline accessories that made installation extremely easy and balanced out the bow. My favorite accessory so far is a simple one. It's the Go Sticks 2.0 adjustable legs to make your bow like a tripod, but it doesn't interfere with any part of the bow or the limbs or anything like that. In addition, the integrated kickstand within the HBX exact cams protect your string from excess wear when you put your cam into the dirt. Ground hunting or spot and stock just got easier. If you want to experience what I'm talking about, head to your nearest Hoyt dealer and take a test drive yourself. You can learn more at Hoyt.com. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a consumer-based hunting show unlike any other. It provides an interactive learning experience where you can try all things mobile hunting and learn from the best in the business. Come experience an unbiased, community-based environment where you can improve your hunting skills and find the right equipment for your needs. I'll be speaking at the Nor'easter Show in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at Spooky Nook Sports from August 9th to 11th, 2024. So come check it out or either of the other shows in uh, Michigan and Georgia. You can purchase tickets online at themobilehuntersexpo.com or grab tickets at the door. I'll see you there. Year or two ago. And I, I came across this. this is, I, something I taught in the course to have you guys go through because it was pretty impactful to me. But I was like, I, it ended up being that I wanted to, I wanted to help people like me who didn't want to go to college but didn't want to be a tradesman. Like there's a middle ground there. And I struggled through that on my own with nobody really showing me other than reading stuff on the internet. But it was like, there's a, to me, there's a huge gap between people who like, I don't really like, I should go to college because it sounds like society wants me to do that. Uh, but I, you know, I think there's a lot more people that are realizing that's a terrible plan. Uh, but I also <laughs> don't really want to be like an electrician or, you know, a plumber or whatever, like nothing against that. I think I have very successful friends that have done that, but it's like, I don't want to be a tradesman, but I don't want to be, I don't want to just go to college to please society. Like to me, I want to help those people like, okay, here's, here's a bunch of options here's, I want to help you surround yourself with people who are like you, because if you're from a small town, like you may know one other person that you're like, uh, you know, you just don't, you don't know what's available. You don't know what the, what you can do, right. You don't know the options. And so like, um, that's the next thing. So I, 
I don't know. You and I talk about ideas lab. So we're recreating yeah. Remember jam, jam sessions. So we're going to yeah. do like the ideas lab. Um, and Gabriel's helping me on that one. And it's like creating a community to like help people surround themselves with like like-minded people who are ambitious and trying to, you know, do more. It's like the same concept. I used to follow, I was in a bunch of these masterminds and groups and like the people I grew up around in the entrepreneur world, were all people who were like trying to grow a business so they could sit on the beach. And I was like, I literally like this is like 2009 i was like i don't really want to sit on the beach but i'll go to the mountains like that, that sounds way cool so like <laughs> i was trying to build businesses to go to the mountains they were trying to build businesses to go to the beach and i was like yeah screw that like they were you know you know living on a laptop and and sitting on you know the beach in dubai and i was like in masterminds with these guys i was like that's cool i'm like in new mexico right now and and i'm just gonna like keep hunting for the next month or whatever yeah <laughs> so like i'm trying to build that community for people i guess like me who you know want something between those two things. And like, that's kind of my goal. That's the person I want to help, um, you know, help grow, whether it's growing a business, whether it's like trying to do investments, I, you know, I think you, you need to try to build something, um, and gain back your freedom. Yeah. And those GM sessions were so cool. Like, I, I don't <laughs> even know if that was like your intention for that to be no. as, like, as, <laughs> no, it was not. Dude, they were like three hours long. I was like, I remember the first course I did, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to fill an hour. And it was like three and a half hours long. I was like, well, I went long. It did that every single night, dude. We yeah. were like, you, yeah. Midnight. So, and, and for anyone listening, like, so these, the first course that Cody did. So now, now he's got it online. You can go and, and sign up for it. But like the first one that was like the tester one of it, basically we were all the test dummies and he was like, we're going to do it live and it's going to be an hour long, two nights a week for three weeks, three weeks, four weeks, something like that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so and East Coast time started at nine o'clock at night. Well, <laughs> they end up going three and there's like after midnight. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to get off. Like my, 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 head's like falling asleep against computer but like i was so into it like it was just one of those things like it was awesome and so what jam sessions were basically was like we'd like talk about ideas or like anybody that was in the class to bring these ideas up and then cody would either tear them down or give you ideas like how you could shift that or what you know what things to think about and it, you don't get that unless you're around people with those similar mindsets like that ideas lab that you're talking about is is so impactful and and you know where I grew up, uh, again, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But I was never around those people that <laughs> that I could like that. I even I didn't, I wasn't that person to even start bouncing those ideas off of you know right. and to be able to talk about and it it was just so it was so cool when you get around those like minded people that think that way. It opens up your mind to possibilities that you just didn't think were in reach and. Right. I, I don't know. It's it, it was just that 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 whole jam session idea was was killer, and I, I think you you surprised yourself as much as all we were as how <laughs> how good it was. No, it was good. It was like it's funny because it stems from uh, there was this I I was in this group called Tropical MBA. This is way back in the day, and like this is where I was in some of those masterminds with all these dudes and. Uh, God, I don't remember. There was another one called Location 18. Anyway, there's a bunch of them. And that was that was my first introduction into like, holy crap, what's possible in the world? I didn't really know. Like I had read a few things and like, oh yeah, I think there's some people making money. I remember being in this like mastermind with a kid who was selling knitting mugs, dude. Like mugs for knit people who knit. And he was doing a million dollars a month. I was like, 
this is out of control, you know, like, <laughs> and like, just like it, it blew my mind. And I was just like surrounded by these people. And so like, I want to recreate that, but for people who are, I don't know, more like me, maybe, um, who are just like focused around this thing. So I went through a lot of those and I did them and like, now I want to bring that back to like, I don't know. I say people like me, I, I don't want to just be hunting industry because I, I want to kind of expand among a lot uh, outside of that. But I do feel like, you know, that's my bread and butter is like talking yeah. to people who are like, yeah, I want to go hunting. I want to build a business so I can go hunting, uh, you know, and I want to be successful, all these things. So I, like, I want to help people like that, see what's possible. Like, Surround yourself with like, you know, you say the, the average of the seven people you surround yourself with, like, how do you up that? How do you surround yourself with people who are just thinking bigger, thinking like way, way bigger and have ideas and have been there and done that. And so like, that's kind of the goal with the ideas lab, which is like, it's going to be jam session on steroids. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Jota, I'll definitely let me know when that, when you yeah. decide to launch that, cause I, I, I want to be a part of it. It's uh, <laughs> and there's just there is and uh, we keep talking about like all these these different things in this this mindset shift and everything but there is so many ways for you like if you're not happy with like say the way your life is going or you want to create this more time or you want to create more money there's just endless possibilities to be able to do so and and you know the way that you laid it out in in the course and I keep referencing it because like it was so impactful for me and 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 then just you know there's your course and like there's been a lot of things like i've there you'll see a trend like with me and it sounds like with you like i've invested in money in different types of courses and learning things throughout probably last six years of my life of like things that have come out like i wanted like there was a, a, a well i guess probably was four years ago now that i or three years ago i invested in like the the hunting photographers of course Stephen drake and zach bowton put on and i wanted to learn the business side of that i didn't really care that much about uh the photography side but they advertised that and i learned so much and i met and now the guy that's filmed all my hunts through that course and like that gave me that connection and i've i've taken other courses that have helped me in so many different ways i've taken hunting specific courses i've taken you know business courses and yeah that costs money to be able to do so and that's the hardest part when you see something that's like oh that's five hundred dollars or that might be you know whatever but if you look at what the knowledge you can get from that or maybe the connections you get from that it pays for itself over and over again and investing in knowledge it people don't you know blink an eye at spending spending money on gear or spending money on yeah. you know spending five six hundred dollars on a truck payment when you can invest that in things that actually help you grow and be become better and it's you know like i, I look at it too like the whole the whole idea of like budgeting is like interesting to me because I th I think it's an important concept if you're like really shitty at managing money, but like I like the idea of of focusing on what I want to do and how to get there, and you kind of figure out that other stuff in the middle. Like I don't put like for me, I don't I'm not first of all I should say I'm not a financial advisor, and I don't don't <laughs> listen to anything I say there, but like. I don't like set like, okay, I can spend a hundred dollars on this a month or I can do that. Mm -hmm. But like, I know what I want to get to and I'm like, okay, if I want to get there, I'm going to have to sacrifice, you know, I don't want to have this truck payment that's going to cost this 
to get there so I can have, you know, it's, it's just right, one of those right. things that I feel like if you have that, that angle and what you want, you, you start to, to figure out the in-betweens if you understand that, that idea. You know, it's, it's funny you said, um, there's a couple of things. So when I was really young in this, you know, one of the guys I looked up to, he was kind of like, <clears throat> I never ever second guess two things, books and education. Like I will spend whatever it takes to get, get that. I never bat an eye. And I, I'm the same way. And like, it, it was one of those things, like there was a lot of times where I struggled as an entrepreneur, but one thing I never got rid of was my audible account. And I read a book a week forever. And I was like, I will stop eating before I get rid of that, you know, 15 or $29 subscription, whatever it is. I don't even know. Um, not and- reading, listening. Yeah, listen. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I can't. I, keep, I can't read good, so I listen to books. But I listen to books like all the time, um, and that was like one of the greatest things. And I, and and people have like you know commented on the course being five hundred dollars. The best course I ever took uh, was nine ninety seven, and it, for no other reason than it it fucking hurt when I bought that course. I was like, I can't afford this, but I got to know this. Right. And I took that course. And because I spent so much money, I was like, I'm implementing every piece of this. Right. And I did. And like, I, I did every single thing. And I, I laugh now because like that one was probably the most impactful. The other day I bought, so like in January, I bought the monthly.com had this thing with Casey Nysat, and I, I bought it. It was like 250 bucks. I bought it. I went to like three of the courses and I got the fact I'm stoked about it. Like I, I didn't even go to all of them. Like, and they were trying to get you to like do with, uh, you know, with this cohort and do all these things. And I get it. It was, it would have been good, but I was like, I got what I needed out of it. I just wanted to see one little thing. And I was like, that's fine. It's totally worth that to see how Casey, you know, did his edits or whatever. And I'm like, I'm, I don't need every piece of it. Right. But like, I just kind of blew it off and I, I would have do it a hundred times over again. Like I only took, I only went to like two or three of the lessons. <laughs> I didn't do any of the projects. I, you know, I was so busy. I was like, I didn't have time and like wasting or spending an hour. So I watched like three hours of this video and I was like, okay, like I'll come back to it. If I can, I still haven't got back to it. But the point <laughs> is, is like, I'll, I'll never second guess. Like that's a separate wallet. We talk about having separate wallets for like my hunts and stuff. Like that's a separate wallet that like, I'm not allowed to question. Like if it's gonna, if I'm going to get one thing out of it <laughs> and that philosophy has 10 X my net worth a hundred times over, you know, like it has been the one thing like having books, always having like, and I'll have like, like right now I have like three audible credits, like that burns a hole that I am not reading enough. And so like, I'm wasting those credits. Right. But at the end of the day, like that's one thing I'll never worry about. I was like, I don't care how many credits are in there. I don't care if there's now I've, I've gotten a lot better <laughs> about having books that I don't even read. You know, like I used to like have to read a book cover to cover, listen to it. And I don't care, like I'll pick up a book and if it, if it, you know, strikes me or I'll pick up a piece of it and it all great, or I'll just not even listen to it anymore. And I'm just like, because I'm always, I have tons of books and like you may, it's interesting. I, you know, tangent here, but a couple of weeks ago, I found that there was a book in my account and I was like, I don't even know where this one came from. And I picked it up and it was perfectly applicable to the thing I was working on. I was like, well, that's weird how that works. You know, I don't remember buying this book. I don't remember reading. I mean, I don't think I read it. So like, it was just there. And I was like, I picked it up and I just like skipped forward to like chapter three or four. And I started reading. It was like perfectly applicable to the thing I was working on. I was like, man, that's cool. And so I've just kind of always had that philosophy is like, I don't worry about those things. So a part of the reason I made the course, what it is, is like, I wanted it achievable, but I wanted to sting a little because I want people to do this to like, not be like me and Casey Neistat's course, where you just like take two lessons and then walk away from it. I 
you know, I really think that like you want to make an impact, like make that, like make you stay, make it sting a little. So you remember all of the pieces mm-hmm. to it. And that's going to like, Oh man, that's perfect. And so like people always like, Oh man, why is it so expensive for no other reason than I want this to stick. I don't want this to be a course that you just kind of open the first lesson and, and don't read or whatever. Like I, I feel like I've done that to a lot of courses. I've paid $150 and like watched the first lesson. And then that just kind of like, uh, whatever, you know, I kind of got my, my one thing. I just look for that one thing or whatever. So that's, that was kind of the reason behind the pricing. Um, and, you know, I want it to help people. I want it to like change your perspective to, you know, there's a lot of frameworks in there. There's one in there that's like worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. When I think about it, you know, it's like, if I could have gone back to my 25, let's say 25 year old self, I would make that person pay five grand for this course. I'd be like, you're spending five grand. I know you don't have it, but you're spending five grand because you like stick to these words and you'll make hundreds of thousands. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'll have to send me which lesson that was again. So I could refer to it. (laughs) (laughs) Stamp it on your forehead. (laughs) Yeah. Stamp it on my forehead. But no, I, I have not looked back and thought like at one point that anything I've invested in from an educational standpoint, like for these courses and you look how much you spend on like college and then you look at that's a whole nother thing but like (laughs) like when you when you look at that it's not really that big of a deal you spend more on on some of the books you need for a semester than you do on a couple of these courses that that can help you with it and uh so like that that's been a big thing for me and you talk about your audible account so i was like i hadn't I haven't even caught up on some of the books that I have. And, and I was looking, right. I'm like, I have seven credits and this was today. And I was like, <laughs> and I was, I was referencing some notes that I had taken down from going through the rich life Academy, your, your, um, your online course. And, and I was like, Oh, you told me about this book rework. So I just went and bought that. Cause I, I needed to use some credits up and I'm like, all right, I'll start listening. That I was, I was on a uh, Tim Ferriss's tools of Titans. I don't know if you read that book at all. Oh, yeah. Um, but the extended version or whatever he has like, like freaking 22 hours long. And the one part of this guy's that I don't think it's Tim that was in this part. It's like a lot of about motivation. I'm like, I've got enough motivation. I don't need to listen to this right, right. now. I'm going to, I'm going to shift. Like I'm going to shift to something else. And, and I've just learned so much from books and courses and all that kind of stuff. Like, I just think that you just keep learning and keep doing that. Like that's such a powerful tool. And all right, what's your, what's your favorite book? I need a book recommendation. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. Credits burning a hole. Oh, man. My favorite book. I, I don't know. I don't know if I could say that off the top of my head. Like, what, which one was my, what's my favorite book? You got book. a good recent one? Um, A good recent one that I had. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to pull up my Audible account because there was one that. <laughs> that's what I was doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> the, but, like, a couple, like, one of them that's, it's a pretty popular one, I feel like, that was extreme ownership Jocko's book. Like mm. I just love that book from the standpoint of just like anytime, like for me, like, especially in my, in my, my day job and everything, like everything that, that you do. And if I'm like, Oh, this person didn't do that. You know, was I clear with my message? Was I doing things and just being able to understand those types of thing. Um, a, an old book that took me a long time that I finished, like, I don't know, not too long ago is rich dad, poor dad. Did you read that book? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's a great book. I used to read it like I used to read it once a year. I probably should go back and read it again. That's a that's a really, really good one. Yeah. One that's not really business related, but the comfort crisis, Michael Easter. Mm. Did you listen to that? I saw that. I think it's in my wish list now that you say that. You need to get that one. Is that good? It's really good. I had him on the podcast. It's uh Oh nice. Yeah. He and I I chat with him 
decently often. Like that book is freaking insane, like super good. Uh, th- that's probably one of my favorite books that I've read in a long time. Not business related, but just like overall, that- like really, really good stuff. I felt like, and um, Atomic Habits was a good one. James Clear. That was one I read in 2021, the beginning of 2021. I felt like was good. Um, trying to think uh, what else that I had. Um, start with why. Did you ever listen to that one, Simon Sinek? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that was a good one as well. That's those are some ones that kind of come to the the top of my head there. What what about for you? What are some books? Um, so the one I was I referenced earlier that was like just randomly in my Audible, and I was like, this is perfect. Was called Hook Point. Um, by Brendan Kane. Um, that's a really good one. And then we, uh, we went down to Cody, uh, for the bear foundation thing. And my wife and I were listening to re re listening to essentialism. And that's one of those books that, you know, I try to listen to, and it's been probably three or four years since I've read it. And I was like, this is a great book for timing. It was like, okay, you know, going through essentialism. And my, my, my wife was like, She's like, oh man, this is great. And actually, so I have this habit. So you behind me, you'll see there's a bunch of books. I and a bottle of whiskey, well. <laughs> and a bottle of scotch. Oh, scotch. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's a uh, all these books are mental references. So like they're my favorite books that I like. So I see them. I'm like, okay, that's a mental reference to remember what I read in the Audible book. Um, and I actually had essentialism on the shelf here. And so my wife's been been reading it. I just saw it on the kitchen counter and I was like, man, that's a, that's a really good book too. Um, that, that I need to like reevaluate or revisit like once a year, once every couple of years. Cause it's like, oh yeah. Who, who um, wrote that one? Uh, I'm going to have to look at it. <laughs> um, while you, while you're thinking of that one, that I'd say my first book, and I think you can relate to this one was one that got me thinking differently about like entrepreneurship and all that stuff was four hour work week. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. That was the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Greg McCohen is the guy who wrote Essentialism. Okay. Uh, but yeah, four hour work week change. That was that was the that was the light bulb switch in a dumb farm kid's head that was like, oh, there, there's there's something here. Like I'm burning the ships. I'm gonna figure out how to do this. That's what set me down the path to doing a lot of the, you know, masterminds and that whole like digital nomad world. But then I'm like, I wasn't a huge fan of the, like, I still wanted like physical things. I wanted real companies. Like I, you know, enjoy doing that stuff. And so I never went full digital nomad and like, you know, the affiliate marketing and stuff like that. And I was like, uh, you know, it was funny. Cause like I, my first company was ammo company and we talked about this, but it was like, I feel like I got my MBA. I didn't really go to college cause I was, I would, well, didn't go to college. So I just read books and would implement them into this company. And that was like my test dummy, right? Like first company, it was like <laughs> loading ammo all the time. And like, I would read these books and like, okay. And like some of it would work and some of it wouldn't. And you like, you, you get real good at like fishing out. Like, you know, I remember like a lot of these early uh, courses, like oh, Facebook ads or SEO, like SEO was a big thing. And so I was taking SEO courses and I'm like, man, some of these are just garbage. You know, it was just like, mm-hmm. just garbage like people didn't know what they were talking about so that always bugged me about the course world yeah and that uh um so the four-hour work week i remember i was i was living in pittsburgh it was like 2016 or so and i was i was down there and i'd live i rented this house and i remember i'd whenever i'd push mow my grass i'd push mow my grass i'd listen to the four-hour <laughs> work week and i just remember and there's definitely some things that like just didn't really apply from but uh, 
to me or what I wanted, I guess. And then there's a lot of things that I felt like just getting me in that mindset of understanding there's ways of doing things and being able to automate things and systematize things to, uh, not, you know, not spend that time for money. And that, that was just like, just eye opening for me again with anything, whether it's you listening to anybody listening to this podcast or, or reading a book, like you, you're not going to do everything word for word that someone does, but even if they tell you that, like even Cody's sitting there, you got to do this hundred percent. Like there's, there's not everything that applies to, to every single right. situation, but if you can pull certain things from this or that and apply it, I, I always talk about that. Like when I talk to, I talk to a ton of different deer hunters and like we're, we're talking to them, like if you can just pull, you know, something this person says and this person says and apply it to your own style, like, you mm-hmm. you can create some really cool things and that's you know a way of tying it back into hunting um there was a book i read that recently i couldn't finish it it's called the the rv passive income guide never read it it's the absolute worst <laughs> worst book i ever heard and just like i don't know how that guy made money but it was uh, as i was going through my audible account i saw that there <laughs> and i listened to way too much of it but uh um, yeah, my next one I'm going to do is, is rework. I'm looking to these other ones, uh, hook point and essentialism. So, yeah, dude, I mean, there's a bunch out there and like, you probably noticed it. Like, uh, I mean, there was a lot of books that shaped me. I didn't go to school. I didn't know how to, I just, I made up all this entrepreneurships like my own way. Right. And like, that's what you said. Like, you know, I was always with the philosophy. Like there's people that are like, Oh, I don't read because it'll change your perspective. Read so much that your perspective becomes your own, you know? And like, this is why I I didn't care for Atomic Habits because I had read, I'm like, oh, it's just this book and this book. Like, and it's just like, it's all about timing, right? And so even as like you as an entrepreneur are going to grow differently than I did, because like I had such a big SEO focus in my early days. And so like that changes, right? And so like the order in which we read books or content changes who we become, right? And because like, we're just like, we're grabbing pieces of every thing we we do or or read or or input right and like that becomes a little piece of us but that changes like imagine building this little model and you're like bolting on these little pieces but they're like in different orders right and so like what you prioritize is gonna be different than what i prioritize and so like i always say like i became an entrepreneur no one there was a bunch of people who taught me right but there i didn't know anyone i didn't have anyone personally that was mm-hmm. like oh do this do this so i just like made it up as i go and like that that created this thing. Right. And like, is it perfect? No, I'm sure, you know, there's, there's better ways to do it. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's just like, this is what I always say. I built the course that I wish I would have had 10 years ago, 12 years ago. It's like, it's all the shit I wish I would have known then, you know, it's like, that's why it's like so important to me. It's like, man, I wish I would have known this, you know, or this and this, this piece of it. Um, just saves a lot of time. <laughs> it's like the shortcut, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. And like, it's just like, you know, like we were talking about with atomic habits, like there was, there was in, in that book, I, I liked it because there were certain things that really helped me like the batching side of it. Like that's where, mm-hmm. you know, they talked about that. And then you talked about um, a, a similar, but different concept to that. But that idea like has helped me a lot with like being able to, and every, and again, people will find different things from different pieces to be able to pull together and, and understand it. But just like overall, I just, I, I feel like anybody listening to this, if they're still with us, like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just one of those things that, you, you have to just understand what, what you want out of things and that there's a possibility to be able to get there and, and, and working towards it. Like, that's just, I guess that's the, the, the meat and potatoes of it. 
That and surround yourself with people, figure out a way to surround yourself with people who think bigger than you. Like it'll change your world so much. Like that's the one thing. Like if I could give, you know, the one one thing, like surround <laughs> yourself with people who are better than you, right? Who are going to push you. Like that's that should be your number one focus. If you don't know what to do, you know, instead of just doing and and like there's there's a lot of people who are going to get stuck there. So I, I struggle to say that. But surround yourself with people who are going to push you and then you'll figure out which direction to go. Like that's that's important. Yeah, that is that is so important. And that point, it like, and that could be hunting, dude. Like, yeah, that's completely hunting. Like, surround yeah. yourself with people who are better hunters than you. Like, you'll be get better. Yeah, Trust you'll me. you'll hundred percent get better. That's yeah. You're you're so right. That could be applied in so many different ways. And just like, yeah, you you want to be you want to be a, a better father. And I'm not one to really speak of this, but the concept works. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, you be around people that are are better than you at that, or are right. good at that, rather than you know the guys that are are going out and getting completely blasted every night, you know, at the bar. It's like, it's, it's one of those things like you just being around better people. I mean, that's, I feel like for me, for me with like this podcast growing, like I've got to, to know other people that are in the podcast space, like yourself and others that have done it, that have done it bigger than me, have done it better than me that I've just learned from and been able to like mm-hmm. learn and then just piece that stuff together and, and grow myself. Like not, not mimicking anybody, but like just trying to learn from people like that. And I think that can go in so many different directions. Right. Well, it's like, dude, I mean, go back to the East, East meets West, like principle or philosophy of like, you wanted to grow as a hunter who like, you're the, you want to be the type of person who goes out of state, who goes yeah. out West and goes on elk hunt. Now you're surrounded by people who are like, Oh, that's just, that's nothing. Like yeah. let's go, you know, to Kodiak DIY. You're like, Whoa, that escalated quickly. But like now that becomes your new normal. Right. And now you're like, okay, let's go wherever let's, where do you want to go? go marl stag hunting in in uh mongolia <laughs> yeah now now what thought so this is what's crazy is like what i thought was this like dream hunt of going on an elk hunt is something that like i doesn't even question in my mind that i'm gonna do every single year like i don't even yeah. think about that much is like far as the planning like that's just i'm gonna do that now i'm like focusing on yeah trying to go to alaska and and do some of these other things and that's that's just so, okay, how like, you evolve just for a thought experiment like just put yourself in, in a headspace. Like this doesn't have to be reality, but what if you were in the headspace where you're like, Oh, this year I'm going on this goat hunt. I'm going on a desert sheep hunt. Um, and then I'm going to go on this moose hunt in Alaska. Like, and like, dude, there's people out there in the world that like legit could go on those three hunts every single year and be like, Oh, I guess we're going to hunt, you know, but like that's insane to me. Right. Like, yeah. but like, I, and I'm not saying you have to get there, but like when, even when you just do this thought experiment of like, what if that was your reality this year? Like, what if you had, you know, these baller tags and you're like, ah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that that is, uh, is a <laughs> crazy way to think. I can't say. Or to be like, hey, the entire month of January, let's go to Sonora and we're going to hunt coos deer and mule deer. Yeah. Like, and we're going to stay at some like cool villa. Like, I don't know. That sounds cool. Yeah, it does. It does. And, and I think that's what's so fun. Like, I just, I feel like I'm never bored with, with hunting and everything else <laughs> because like I'm always thinking of those different things and i don't like i I don't know there's just there's so many options out there not enough time not enough time (laughs) that's right that's why you should never put it on a dream bucket list because like man as soon as you do it you're like there's there's too many hunts there's not enough time oh yeah (laughs) yeah if you look at my like i have like a list of like 
different hunts I want to do. And I kind of prioritize them because like, I'm trying to like, and I'm all, I feel like I'm always like, Oh yeah, I want to do that. And I'm like, well, man, this is difficult to like, right. to, to realistically do this. But I was like, I got to have them there. I'll, I'll get there. And, and it's funny. Cause my, my hunting partner, Craig, he's like, uh, uh, we we're this year. He's like, dude, I'm like booked out to 2025. I was like, 2025. I was like, that's insane. And then I sat down and looked at it. I was like, yeah, that, I mean, it books up real quick. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and it, well, it happens, I would say more when I had, now that I have kids, like it's pretty tough for me to do more than two out of state hunts, especially like, because Montana is like, there's so much to do here too. And I'm like, man, you lower it to two out of state hunts per year. And I used to be like three or four. And so now it's like, oh man, only two. I mean, that means this year I'm doing, you know, I think this year's Alaska, and Wyoming or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, so then the next year it's like this and Arizona. And then it's like, oh man. And then like you start multiple species and it's like, dude, two hunts a year. It's like, it's going to take, I'm, I got a pretty good idea what I'm doing through 2026. Like it's yeah. insane. Yeah, <laughs> that is like, I, I was looking at my schedule this year, like or what my proposed schedule is depending on how I draw tags, but I'm looking right. at going to Montana three different times. Like that's awesome. Yeah. I'm going out there for spring bear and then sp- supposed to draw uh, an elk tag. I've been just waiting for <laughs> for a while. And then I'm like, well, I'm gonna have a combo. So I might as well go for deer in November. And I'm like, right. and I just start looking, I'm like, I never would have thought that that was a possibility. Like, right. and, and like, and then, you know, there's just there's so many of those different different things that uh it's just you you evolve as you go with it but man yeah i i, I know i'm i'm booking a, in another caribou hunt take my dad and my brother and my uncle and my cousins up in 2024 and i was just talking back and forth with uh um with outdoors international today who i'm booking through to do that and i was like oh this is craziness like just like <laughs> even thinking about it that way yeah. You just got to expand your mind though. I mean, yeah, it is. That's the point. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, we covered a lot of, a lot of stuff here, Cody. And, <laughs> Hopefully uh, it's good. I'll yeah. No, I think, I think it was, I, I mean, I just, I get, I don't know. I, I can just feel it in my, in my voice. Like, just like when we're talking about it, like, I just get so excited talking about <laughs> these types of things and, and hoping that other people that are listening. will get like, we'll get that feel for it. If they don't have it already, like, just like there's so much out there and so many, uh, possibilities and yeah. man, just don't close your mind off. And, and that's a big, that's a big piece of it. And if people want to check out, like, I mean, my podcast, uh, the rich outdoors. And then if you want to check out the course, you're interested in that, uh, richoutdoors.net. I think it's, it's just go to the homepage. It says, uh, course or whatever. Um, and then you have a code, right? Yeah. East meets West. East meets West. Use that code. Um, <laughs> and then also like, I don't know when this comes out or whatever, but Hopefully soon. I'm hoping by March 1st, uh, we'll have the ideas lab up. And so that'll be its whole other thing, which is going to be really cool. So I'm excited. It's going to have like its own app and whole thing uh, of and community. Course, of so, course it is. Well, that came quick. If you're going to, if, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll release months. this. I'll release this uh, right after March 1st. So you better have it done. Okay. <laughs> All right, I like it. That's my pressure. Like it's, yeah. it's got to happen. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be cool. Uh, so you guys can check that out too, if you're interested in surrounding yourself with people who, uh, think bigger. Yeah. Anywhere else that, uh, people can find any of your stuff at? 
No, I read the book Essentialism. I'm trying to narrow down. <laughs> all right. All right. Perfect. <laughs> all right, Cody. Well, thank you again for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. I hope anyone that's interested will check out the course and uh, your podcast and everything else. So thanks for coming on again. And I uh, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.